Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this episode of Technological. Today, we have a special guest, Andrew, on. Uh, Andrew currently works at Peloton, and Andrew and I actually worked together at Accenture a couple years ago. We were on the same project out in Richmond. Um, so I'm going to pass it off to you, Andrew, just kind of give us a quick primer on your background, and then we'll dive into, you know, like what you did at Accenture and what you're doing today uh, and like how you kind of got there. So. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. Um, hey, everyone. I'm glad to be here. My name is Andrew Davidin. I'm a data scientist at Peloton Interactive. I joined last May in 2020, um, kind of during like the middle of the pandemic. So super exciting times. I guess like my professional career really began in 2016 when I graduated undergrad. Uh, I was an engineer. I focused mainly on applied mathematics, statistics, and computer science. And then I went into consulting for about two years where I met Avi and then went back for a one-year master's um, at Brown University. And then, yeah, you know, I, I did a quick stint at a job at a company called Shutterstock and then spent about a year there. And then I moved over to Peloton where I'm currently at. Cool. So uh, let's let's start off you being uh, an undergrad at Cornell. I also went to, you know, me and Ovi both went to Georgia Tech and I studied industrial engineering, which is pretty similar, I think, to operations uh, research and engineering. Um, you know, I, I like to say it's like computer science, statistics, math. Um, so yeah, tell us about your time there, what you were thinking about your job search and, um, you know, how you were preparing for Accenture. Yeah. To be completely honest, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do when I went to Cornell. I was actually a pre-med. I was a chem major when I first entered. Um, and I knew I liked like data and just like math in general. Um, so towards like my sophomore year, uh, you know, I heard about consulting. I had some family members and like friends that worked in consulting. And I thought it was just like a great opportunity to learn about different industries, work for different companies, just to get some exposure before I actually went into industry. Um, and I always knew I wanted to work on like on the data side of things, especially being like an operations research engineer. Um, so there I focused mainly on like statistical techniques, making some basic like predictive modeling. Um, and yeah, you know, I interned with Accenture this summer between my junior and senior year, and I really enjoyed the work that I was doing there. Um, and I knew that some point I would probably go back um, to grad school to get like either an MBA or an MS. Um, I chose to do like an MS and yeah, you know, I, I love just the path of like Accenture um, at Cornell. It really like helped me set up to like understanding data, um, which was like the, the biggest focus of my time at Accenture where I did a lot of data science projects and just like data POCs. Um, so yeah. Awesome, that's good to hear. And yeah, I mean, consulting is always a good path to go towards if you really just wanna learn industry and get, get different responsibilities um, doing different functions. I, I think like the project that we were on, you were just rolling off as I was coming on and you were building a Python tool. So if you could talk maybe a little bit more about what you did at Accenture, you know, you said you focused on like data science projects, but um, kind of like the tools they were using and like how you kind of learned all the different skills, because obviously it doesn't translate directly from what you learned in undergrad. So we'd love to just like dive deeper into your time at Accenture. Yeah. So to be honest, like a lot of what I learned in undergrad was not like correlated with like what I did at Accenture. Um, it was just like the basic, how to present data, how to present findings. Um, and I knew I wanted to actually use that skill set that I learned at undergrad at some point. But at Accenture, you know, a lot of the work that I was doing were on like basically data science, like machine learning projects. So very short stints where we would, we would focus on like corporations, go through their data landscape and kind of understand like, hey, what kind of predictive techniques can we actually use 
Um, so like over my time, I got to work, it's a lot. I got to work over like five to six clients, um, which like over two years is kind of like on the very end of the spectrum because basically a lot of people, they do maybe one or two projects over the two years. Um, but I knew I wanted to just get exposure to a whole bunch of projects, understand like what I could actually do and like where I would fit in. Um, and, you know, tools really depended on what kind of client were you working for? What was the industry? Um, a lot of times when I first went on, I did a lot of like SAP work during my first or two projects. Um, and that's like a big data integration tool for like employee research management um, and just like understanding like your HR structure within your company. So I think like th those projects are huge and a lot of like different, you know, firms were like working on them. But one of the cool things was just like understanding the data landscape of like these companies. Um, how could we put it together in a very efficient manner? And that just got, got my, my interest in the people a bit more because data engineering is one of the biggest like subsets to like go into data science. Without data engineering, um, data science cannot happen. So you need clean, you need efficient data, you need data running in like an ongoing basis. And that's where I learned like my first, like during my first project at Accenture, that's where I learned where infrastructure plays like a huge role. Um, and then towards like, I guess like my second year at Accenture, that's where I did a lot of like short-term projects. And I knew I wanted to move away from more of that integration side to kind of what could I use data for? So integration huge, because like that's the first part of like where a company survives. After all of that infrastructure is kind of set up, then you could think about, okay, now that we're here, what else can we do with our data? How can we be more proactive than like reactive? Um, and how could we actually start getting smart using our data? Um, so a lot of that was just like pure Python where I would go in and I would work alongside of like a lot of data scientists. I wasn't a data scientist at the time. I was a senior analyst, but I was doing a lot of like visualization techniques using Tableau, ClickView, really depending on like what the client wanted um, and just trying to show like, hey, we could run, you know, this type of machine learning model that our uh, data scientists built out, present them the findings and then kind of like get them interested in that type of work. Sweet. So you saw, you know, um, a lot about what different data scientists did and machine le learning engineers did at your time at Accenture while you're still an analyst. Um, you were also exposed to a bunch of other functions, I'm sure, as well while you're at Accenture. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, you definitely had a background in data and you were working a lot with data. But what was going through your mind as you were at Accenture going through these six projects and you were thinking, okay, you know, what's next for me? Yeah, that's a great question. I think like there's like three roles that really come to mind. It's like product management, software, and then data. They all go hand in hand. Like you cannot have one without the other two. Um, and for a while, I was just trying to figure out where did I see myself? Do I see myself as a product manager? Because I really do enjoy the product side of things. And I'll go into that a little bit later on of like the different type of data scientists there are. Um, but product really, I was exposed to it like at a center as well, where I got to work with, you know, different folks that were in charge of like verticals in a specific project and how those verticals were constructed. It was based on like software pipelines and data as well. I thought that was so cool just to understand like how the bigger picture comes together and how can we actually drive and show the impact to our stakeholders. Um, and software engineering, I was always interested in like computer science, um, but building out those infrastructure tools and just building out pipelines in general, it was something that I was interested in, but I was more, I was more into like the so what of like data, because you could always build out like pipelines and you could always just like construct like, you know, a masterpiece of like code, but like just understanding the so what of data, that's like the biggest focus that I, I currently work on. 
because a lot of times you could just like create a dashboard, show what's happening in the world. But the question I always get from like my stakeholders and like my clients at Accenture is just like, so what? Like, so what that we see this, but like, what can we actually determine? Like what recommendations can we derive from this data? How can we cut it up a bit more? Um, and that's kind of where I leaned on the product managers and the software engineers to understand like their knowledge. And then, you know, I just had a more appreciation for just being a data scientist or going into data science. Yeah, I think that's a like a really important thing, right? Like you have all this data and you can obviously throw it in like Tableau or Power BI, but when you look at it, it's like, what is it actually telling me? And I think so much of what you were doing at Accenture is storytelling, right? It's like, I've come in and I've looked at your data and now I have to effectively communicate it to, you know, like your clients, like they're your stakeholders at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I think that's really important. And like also balancing it with the software engineers and the product managers and understanding like how they're thinking about it. So I kind of want to jump into your time now, like you're at Accenture, you're thinking what's next. How did you kind of come across the program at Brown for data science and what made you take that leap um, to do the one-year program? Yeah. So I love just like being a working professional, but I also appreciate like education in general. Um, I wasn't sure at the time if I wanted to do like a two-year master's, which is typical for like an MS. Um, so, you know, I was debating like a few programs. I wanted something kind of not quick and dirty, but something where I could get like the actual techniques that I need to use, like as a functional data scientist. Because a lot of the times you have to be careful. All programs are like great. They have pros and cons, but some of them might be kind of too steeped in like logic, not logic, but theory. And I'm more interested in like the application side of things. And the one great thing about Brown, at the time I was the second class for that Brown program. It was very new. Um, and they were still trying to figure out like, how should this program be structured? How should it be run? Um, and I thought that was great because I just liked that. It had like a startup vibe to it where the professors were trying to learn, the students were really engaged and they were trying to learn as well. Um, and they had a big emphasis on moving into industry, which I didn't see a lot of programs had. A lot of them were just focused on, these are like, you know, the techniques that we need to know as a data scientist, but here's like the mathematical proofs. Here's like, you know, you have to code like, in machine learning, you'd have neural networks. You have to learn how to like code like back propagation or forward propagation in those neural networks, which we did at Brown, but there wasn't like a, such a huge emphasis. It was just like, how could we use data to kind of, again, tell a story? Um, so, you know, Brown was just one of the programs. I applied to like quite a few. And in the end, like I got into, you know, a good amount, but it was just like figuring out where should I go? Um, something quick, something like relatively inexpensive because these master programs are expensive. and Brown was expensive, but I think it paid off in the end because I'm super happy like where I am right now and the amounts of like learnings that I got from that program, it was great. And the good thing about working at Accenture is a lot of people were in the same boat. They were thinking about grad school. Um, you know, a very popular thing is to go like do your MBA um, or like, you know, go do an MS. So I got to like just chat with like different folks like on our, in our company that either came from an MBA or MS, the path that they took and then kind of just debated like what I should do. Um, and yeah, like in the end, I ended up with Brown. Um, and super happy about my decision. I would have went. I wouldn't have went anywhere else. That's really interesting to hear that you know Brown is starting to shift their curriculum to be more like application and, and practical data science focused. And that's like pretty much the reason why me and Avi and Anish created this podcast was like most undergrad schools and, and our experience going through undergrad was just like everything was so theoretical. And you know, while it's great, like you learn how to think properly and, and work hard and apply like problems to situations, you don't really 
um, get that pr the practical experience that you need, you know, that you do every single day at work. And so, um, you know, that's that's what we hope to to accomplish with this podcast. And it's cool that uh, Brown's curriculum was the same way. Um, so uh, so actually diving into a little bit about your experience at Brown, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how many years the program was, what the curriculum was like, whether there were different tracks that you could have chosen um, and and how your time was there. Yeah. So my time was a little bit different. The program is normally a year and a half. That was a recommended. And then a lot of people took two years to complete it. But for me, I kind of just, I knew what I wanted. I knew like I wanted to be a data scientist. I wanted to go into industry right away. Um, and I was able to complete the program in like one year. Um, it was hard to balance because you kind of had to double up on classes. And at the end, there's like a thesis slash capstone where you work with a certain company or research organization on delivering an actual like data science deliverable. Um, so like at the program, it was similar to like how undergrad majors were designed. You had your core classes that you need to take. So advanced probability and statistics, machine learning techniques. Um, we had classes on like fluid, like computer science. So do you know your data structures? Um, do you know like search algorithms, things like that? Because at the time, and I'll probably go into this a little bit later, um, they knew that companies interviewed data scientists as software engineers, which is very difficult. So like a lot of the questions that would come up on interviews weren't even data science questions. They were very like focused on like software engineering questions. So the program just made sure we had like a sound um, functioning knowledge in computer science. And then how could we use that to kind of, you know, like bring up the other sides of us. Um, so that was great. And then one of, we had like an ethics class, which is by far like my favorite. Um, and that's kind of what I'm thinking about going forward as a data scientist, maybe moving into ethical data science. So are the algorithms that we're actually running, can we remove bias from them? Um, is there anything that actually might be changing like the perspective of the model? Um, and I always found that interesting. So that was one of my favorite classes. And in the end, we also had like a couple of options to take outside courses. So it doesn't have to be data science. It could be something that has data applied to it. So I did a class in deep learning, which is really great. And then one class I was focused on more product and storytelling, as weird as that sounds. Because um, like, I feel like we have a lot of data scientists and super smart in the industry right now. But the biggest side that we need to focus on is just like, can you tell a story? It's not about like the fanciest models that you throw at data. It's not about like, you know, hyperparameter optimization, spending hours and hours training a model. It's really about, hey, what is the business impact? And can we actually do something like with this data? It, a lot of times it's not the most fanciest techniques and that class really taught me how to get my actual deliverable across and you know actually like show that this is what data could do yeah that's really interesting and uh some of those classes you uh talked about brought up memories for me like algorithm and design and all those like probability and statistics statistics yeah. but i do really want to jump into um like the interview portion i know you also touched on like the classes that you really like but I kind of want to focus on recruitment right now and like what it was for you, um, like how you kind of thought about recruiting for data science roles, like the tools you leveraged and, you know, like the industries that you thought about going into as a data scientist. I uh, would just love to like get some color on that. So the biggest thing I want to get across um, about like doing a master's in one year is that the recruitment process is very difficult because most of the time when you actually go um, to school recruiting for these companies, like like comes to college. So a lot of times you see a lot of like Facebook, Apple, and Google, the big companies always like come to like, you know, these schools and they recruit in the fall. 
um, which is tough because if you're coming into the program in the fall, there's only so much data science you actually know. Um, so it was just like my first or second week. And I realized like all these tech companies are on campus. Um, and at that time, like everyone is like, you know, glorifying, hey, we need to work at like a thing. You know, we need to work at one of these top, tip, uh, top, tip, top tech companies. Um, and for me, I was just like, man, this is like my only shot. I know like there's one-off recruiting done in like the spring semester, but now that they're here, like, you know, this is what you have to do. Um, and it was very difficult because how much data science do you actually know at that time? Um, especially being in school for only like a, year, a month. Um, and, you know, that's kind of where like I struggled a bit. If you did the program over two years, you have that whole first year to learn. And then when you come back the next fall, you have like a whole year of knowledge that you could apply to these interviews. Um, and that really benefits the students. So, you know, my piece of advice is just like know that before going into like your master's, if you do try to do it in a year, just know that there's going to be a crunch time um, when it comes to like interviewing. Uh, most of my companies that I interviewed for were done, I guess, like over the fall and spring semester. So it was a lot, a lot of on-sites. Um, the first few, like I really got kind of like killed on because like, you know, I didn't have that native data science knowledge. And a lot of times we were like asking a lot of software engineering questions, which I struggled with at the, at the time. Um, and now that I like know that, I'm like, okay, maybe I should have go back and like prepared on this. Um, but it was a lot of like flying to the West Coast because that's kind of where I wanted to end up to be, um, especially like San Francisco, the Bay Area, and just like flying back. There's only like so much time you can really do to prepare for these interviews and also like study for your finals and your midterms. Um, so it was like a big crunch time. And then towards like the spring semester, that's kind of where I'm locked in, like where I'd be like going full time after graduation. And it was the same process. Um, I guess it's more off cycle since most like company recruitment is done in the fall. Um, but companies are still like recruiting like, at any time. It doesn't have to be campus recruiting. You could always just reach out to hiring managers on LinkedIn. You could reach out to alumni. And that's kind of what benefited me. Um, just like learning like what to look for, um, maybe getting a referral, introducing myself and then getting an interview. Um, and yeah, after doing like a lot of data science interviews, you will learn that there's an actual process to this. Um, it's really like separated into like different types of pillars and questions that they could ask. So once you nail those down, um, it's not smooth sailing, but it's a little bit easier. Did you interview at different comp like at companies that were in different stages? And I'm curious if that kind of had like a difference on the interview. Like you know, you interview at big tech versus like a, like an early stage versus like a mid stage startup. I'm curious, like what are differences in the types of interviews uh, that happened or? Yeah, so I think like for big tech, it's much more like fleshed out. So luckily things were like evenly divided over my two semesters. So the first semester, that was when campus recruiting was like full blown. So I was focused mainly on big tech and I didn't touch too many startups at the time. Um, and those like, I won't go into like specific questions that they asked, but like Glassdoor was like a big like resource on like learning. Like, okay, these are the types of questions that like companies ask for. Um, so just like understanding those, um, there's like cracking the coding interview, cracking like the product management interview. There's like a data science version that's going around now as well. Um, just like understanding those and like the basic questions asked, that really helped out like with these big tech companies. Because there is like a huge structure to how these like companies interview. Um, you'll usually have like a recruiter call where you're, or you'll like kind of introduce yourself. And then you'll go into like a phone assessment interview where you might talk to the hiring manager or like a data scientist. And they might not ask like too many technical questions. You might not have to go on like a coder pad and actually code something out. They might just like test like your, your basic stats knowledge. 
So like, do you know like what type of distribution this is, when you would use this? Um, and if that goes well, then you would go to the on-site. Um, so it's pretty quick. Like you just have to go through a recruiter call and like one phone call, but the on-site is probably like the most difficult part um, because like a lot of these big tech companies, they, they divide their on-sites into a product interview, a data science interview, and then oftentimes like an algorithms interview. Um, and then you might have a one extra one where you might talk to the hiring manager. But those three pillars are very distinctly different. Product is like, you know, a very different train of thought compared to software and like algorithms compared to like data science. Um, so just like, it's more about like the breadth of knowledge rather than the depth for a software engineer position. Like you probably really need to know your algorithms. Um, there's like so many websites like LeetCode and HackerRank that you could go on and prepare. And a lot of software engineers, they do like medium to hard but I would say for question types, um, but I would say for data science, you don't need to know like the hard questions. You probably need to know like easy to medium and just like understanding like your basic data structures, your basic algorithms and just get that down. And then you'll probably have some like product questions about statistical tests, um, making sure you know the difference, like what a p-value is, um, like what a normal distribution is, like things like that. Um, if, you, if you know that you should be good. And then the other side is just like data science where it's just about like machine learning or like any stats like type of question. And that's a free for all. Um, and those are probably the hardest interviews to like actually prepare for. Yeah, that's great. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of good uh, pieces of information throughout there, like all the different types of the interview process. Um, what would you say is like the one biggest piece of advice you would give to any, any person looking to get into data science about the interview process? Like what should he or she um, like what is the one piece of like one thing they should do or read or learn? I would say for, there's a difference between like campus recruiting and just like general recruiting. Um, we could start with like general recruiting because a lot of times, like if you apply to a position online or if you reach out to someone on LinkedIn or if they reach out to you, there's probably a specific team attached to that role. And like, again, I mentioned earlier that there's different types of data scientists. You could be a data scientist focused on product you could be a data scientist focused on like machine learning, or you could be one that's focused more on like stats and analysis. So it really depends on like what you're inter interviewing for and how you should prepare for that. I think if you're going for product, be prepared for like product questions. So how would you maybe introduce like a feature to a product? What would you test for? Um, how, would, how long would you run a test for? Um, what should the sample size be? All those type of questions, um, that's what you should prepare for like a product interview. For a machine learning interview, um, those are probably like the ones that everyone really wants. And those are focused on like, do you understand the differences in like types of algorithms? When would you use like a tree based method versus like neural networks or a typical like linear algorithm? Um, so just understanding like that type of those types of questions, that'd be great. Um, but they also like, you know, pick your brain on like, it could be anything. Like, do you understand like what's going on within the neural network? Do you understand like how gradient descent works? Um, so those questions are always probably the most difficult um, and they could tell if you're kind of stretching the truth and like really pushing your luck. So I would say like, yeah, just know like what type of interview for you, if you're going for it. And it, again, like if you're on the stats and analysis side, those are a little bit easier as well. Cause again, like you could just like understand like your distributions, understand like counting and permutations. Cause those are very like famous questions in the industry. So like if I pull out like five cards from a, like a, a deck of 52, and like, this is exactly what I have. Like, what's the probability of getting that again, if you put the cards back? Um, so questions like that, that's very popular. Um, and like, those would be like more on the stats and like analysis side. 
Awesome. Yeah. I think it was really helpful to talk about, you know, like understanding which role in data science that you're actually uh, interviewing for. I think that's really important because you don't really think like people really think data science is just like a broad term with like, oh, what does a data scientist do? They just work with data, you know, but um, I think that's actually a really good segue to what we want to talk about now is like, what do you do as a data scientist, right? And like, what does your role look like in your day to day? So um, let's just jump from recruiting to like actually being a data yeah. scientist. So like my day to day as a data scientist, it changes up like every day. And like, it really depends on like where you're working. And again, like what team are you on? Um, <clears throat> so some days I could be really focused on machine learning models um, where I'm trying to like develop a predictive model. And I would spend like hours and hours like trying to code that, um, improve its accuracy or <clears throat> it could be anything. Uh, and then other days I'd be focused on like presentations. So like maybe I have something coming up and like, I really need to explain my data. Well, um, how do I go about that in like the most efficient manner? Because like, if you're creating machine learning models and like, you're talking to your stakeholders, no one wants to know about like precision and recall and like area under the curve and like all these metrics. Um, they just want to get to the point of like, what do I need to know? And like, what do we need to do to actually get this into fruition? Um, so, you know, these presentations, even though sometimes they're like not a pain, but like a lot of time needs to go into them. They're probably the biggest piece because what I see often is like data scientists, like they pour their heart out to like making a model. That's great. Like any other data scientist or like machine learning engineer would like think it's fantastic. But if you don't get like the basic idea across, it's just going to sit behind in the dust and like no one will ever use it. Um, so like the presentation aspect is also pretty big. Um, and then other days it doesn't even have to be like predictive work or like presenting. It could just be doing an analysis. So like understanding your customers, um, understanding like what's going on um, within like certain like groups, um, that could be like the main focus. And like, obviously that type of work is very different from like machine learning and presenting. Um, so it really depends on like what type of projects you're bringing on. I've done a couple of data science like roles in the past from like consulting to like my current job at Peloton to like my previous job at Shutterstock. And even the, I did my thesis um, in grad school for CERN, which is they operate like the large Hadron Collider at in like Geneva, Switzerland. Um, so that was very research oriented. And like that work was very different from like what I did like in like the professional workplace. So when you're talking about your day to day, you know, and you're doing a bunch of different things, even, you know, creating these presentations, like you had mentioned, what is driving what you're working on? Are there metrics that you or your team is responsible for that you're just looking to optimize? Or is it more just like, uh, like from top down and they say, okay, like build a presentation for this or, or look into this, like, how are you prioritizing your day? And, and what is like the driving force behind the work that you're doing? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a good question. So I feel like everyone who works for like a certain company, they probably know the key KPIs that the company is focused on. Um, so it could be anything, um, you know, for like subscription companies like Netflix and, you know, Spotify, they might be focused on like churn. Um, for other companies, they might be focused on just like general revenue and like average like retention. So I think like it really depends on like the company that you're working for um, and like where you could actually like optimize your work for. So like, I know like my current company's KPIs and I always keep that in the back of my mind. And like when I'm doing my work, I try to always highlight those areas to show like this is the impact something's having on these KPIs. This is good, this is bad. This is something that we might wanna try out um, and just going down that route. So yeah, it really depends on 
knowing those KPIs. And I'm really glad you brought that up because like, I think KPIs are like the biggest thing. If you like create like a presentation and you don't touch any of those major company KPIs, then there's a chance that like, your stakeholders might not be interested in um, that actual data. Because at the end of the day, they only care about moving the needle a bit. Not the only thing they care about, but like that's the biggest thing for them. And like, it's understandable because like as a data scientist, you're there to uncover data that a typical person wouldn't really think about. And like, how can we improve our products? How could we improve like this aspect of our business? Things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about like, you know, who your stakeholders are? Because I think that's so important because you talk a lot about, you know, preparing the story for your stakeholders, making sure you touch on the correct KPIs. But who exactly are your uh, stakeholders? Um, and like, how do you think about like talking to them and like, what do they really drive yeah. in the business? Um, so that's a good question. I think like for all my past roles, like my stakeholders really like it deferred. Like when I was at Accenture, our stakeholders were like the clients and they might not have like a good understanding of like how to use data and like what KPIs they should be focused on. Because a lot of the work I did at Accenture was like POC focused um, and they weren't sure what they should optimize for. So we had like a general idea of like what's going on in the industry and what kind of, kind of KPIs that they should like kind of focus on. So those interviews were like kind of like my favorite because they're indifferent to like using a certain kind of uh, KPI. Um, they want to know like what they could optimize for, um, what would be the best to like use this machine learning model for, um, so on and so forth. When I was doing research, KPIs weren't my actual a big thing. Like no one really cared about like, are we driving this much revenue? Are we moving the needle like this much? It was mainly focused on like research and development and seeing like, hey, can we automate like some process that was like manual in the past? Um, how could we just like be more tech forward in general? So again, no KPIs. And then like, I like my, my current job and like my previous job, um, it's more focused on just like our products. Um, so like, you know, like at Peloton, we have like a bike and a treadmill. Um, and, you know, at Shutterstock, we do a lot of like stock photography. So like knowing those products in mind, like the stakeholders have like their KPIs that they kind of like drill in um, and like what they want us to focus on. And then we would kind of tell a story knowing what they're looking for. Cool. So talking a little bit about just a career in data science in general, um, what would you say the typical career path of a data scientist is like, you know, I'm sure you come in as an individual contributor. It's probably similar to software engineering um, where, you know, you can probably go two different paths, but would love to hear, you know, your experience and, and how uh, that typically works. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit hard of a question to answer since like data science is so like relatively new. Like we haven't seen someone's like full career, like really yet. Cause a lot of data science, data science being the like, probably like the early 2010s and, you know, even like a little bit before that. So a lot of those like folks, they either stay data scientists, you can move over to become a machine learning engineer. And those move away from like the typical analyses that you do and kind of like work on, okay, can we create like ML powered algorithms to drive our products? Um, and that's really cool. That's a very different side of like data science, which, you know, a lot of people are interested are in and like you need to, have like a good foundation of like how ML models run, um, how to do like hyperparameter tutoring, um, how to really optimize for like certain techniques. Um, so I think that just comes with experience. When you look at like machine learning engineering roles, a lot of those folks, like they don't hire, you know, students out of college. You need to work as like a data scientist for a bit, or you need to come from like a PhD program or like a grad school program um, to actually get one of those like uh, gigs. 
So it really depends on like where you start. If you develop that knowledge, a lot of people move over to like machine learning engineering. Um, another famous path is just being a product manager. A lot of people do that as well, especially working with data. Um, you have like a really good understanding of like how products are moving, like what's really driving that movement. And especially in the industry right now, a lot of product managers, like they need to understand data as well. So like knowing SQL, knowing how to like work with dashboards, I think that's a big thing that we're seeing in the industry in general. Um, before, like, I'm not going to say product managers didn't know much about a data, but like it was something that wasn't, it didn't have a spotlight on it. Um, and I'm happy to see like, you know, product managers leading on data a little bit more now to kind of drive some of the decisions that they make. And like, that's like my ultimate goal. Like I want to make sure these product managers are data driven and everyone at like my current company or my previous company, they were data driven as well. Um, Cause there's a lot of insights that you can come like that come out of data. And I think like, that's the big, so like kind of empower your, your PMs, empower your software engineers. Um, and yeah, like a lot, I see a lot of people like they like data science, but they don't want the whole storytelling aspect. So they do and move over to software. And that's something that's very like, not rare at all. Like you see it happen quite often. Um, so that's kind of just the current landscape that I'm seeing right now. Obviously we haven't seen someone, and maybe we have, cause like I'm ignoring the few people that worked with data like in the nineties and like early two thousands um, that I don't know much about, but like they, you know, you can move into like a director role and just see like the overall strategy of how data moves throughout your company, especially when you have like your hands and like, or your feet in the water, like the whole time, like you really understand the data landscape and how to make more strategic decisions from there. Yeah, I think there's like two really good takeaways from what you just said. The first is working with data. I think being data fluid itself is really important as companies all move to like data-centric decisions. And I know we're throwing around the word data a lot, but it really is like important just understanding like how data flows, like you said, through a company and how that can really empower decisions. Um, the second is also like the path you talked about where if you don't like the storytelling aspect of data science, moving over to like more of the machine learning side and uh, becoming more of like the software engineer. I know it's kind of like baked into the last question, but can you dive a little more into like the machine learning side of um, yeah. like the work that can be done and kind of like the paths people take to get into there? Cause I know like academia is a really big uh, feeder, right? Like a lot of PhDs go work at like big tech or like, you know, these like really data centric focused startups. So we'd just love to hear a little bit more yeah, about that. I think the machine learning engineering role is like so cool because it's not just data science. For a data scientist, you need to understand like your basic computer science like foundations. And like, it's a little bit more than basic. Like you have to be like a pretty like good data, like, computer scientist, um, but like it's nowhere as near as like a, a machine learning engineer. I think those like most ML engineers, they have a good combination of strong computer science like foundations and data science. And they focus on like production machine learning models. They focus on like a lot of research so you know they could be reading on like what current companies in the industry they're currently doing with like neural networks um how are they using like certain techniques out there and how could they apply it like within like their own organization and like i'm not trying to throw like neural networks out there that's also a buzzword like ai neural networks like big data these are all bu buzzwords but like machine learning engineer they focus on more of these complicated algorithms which for me is like really interesting because you know, one thing that you learn in school and one thing that you learn like in the, in the industry as well is that a lot of these like advanced techniques, people see them as black boxes. So you see data go in and you see data come out, but you don't know what's really happening like in between. So those machine learning engineers, they're trying to like break down what's actually happening. Um, how could you just like not leave your stakeholders 
like in the darkness and have them understanding that like there is something like good going on like within the data um and trying to break that down into like more of a i don't know more into like layman's terms so i think like those machine learning engineers it's like a good combination of very strong coding skills um and having like strong statistical techniques um knowing your machine learning models and like going from there so you'd mentioned people who want to get into the this area of of like the algorithms machine learning engineering side uh typically will go get like their phd um, and do a, a lot of academia around data science and, and machine learning are there other ways to get to that role or is pretty much the only way to do that going to you know a, a bigger institution and learning machine learning there yeah and like there's been like a huge change in the industry like recently so I would say like in 2010, a lot of these data science positions and basically all machine learning engineer positions only hire like PhDs. Um, now coming out, you see like data scientists and machine learning engineers come out of undergrad as well. It's probably easier to go from your undergrad to a data science position than it is to go into a machine learning engineer position. They probably want like a little bit more like years of experience um, and maybe like a master's. Um, but that's like one path that you could take. But like, it's something that I'm very happy to see because I don't know, we're seeing a lot of big tech companies kind of get rid of like the whole like college requirement as well. And I think that's great because if you're driven, if you're curious about data, you could pick up on a lot of these techniques on like Coursera, edX. There's a lot of good websites and everything's available online to really learn. And, you know, it's one thing that I see like in the industry as well, like when we're looking for other candidates, um, when other companies are looking for candidates, the biggest thing is just not about your coding skills and like the techniques you know, but more about, are you curious about data? Are you driven? And like, if you are, and like, if you want to use data to empower like decisions, I think like that comes off like so well during interviews and like when you're actually working on the job. Um, so I know that kind of like moved away from your question for a bit, but I think to get into a machine learning engineer role, there's no clear cut path. There's obviously like, there's a big proportion of people that come from like higher degrees and people that come from years of like experience, but that's not the only way to go about it. Like I also know some like undergrads that maybe have like one year of experience or two years of experience and moves into like a machine learning engineer role. Um, so it could happen, um, but I think that's more, it happens more for like data scientists where you could go from like your undergrad to a data science role. Yeah, it's really, it's really good to hear that data science is becoming more of a, like a popular role for people to go into after undergrad. I know like when I was an undergrad, you kind of have to like go into consulting to be honest, to get into like quote unquote data science. Cause a lot of consulting firms are honestly spearheading, um, you know, like commercial facing data science work. But so let's say I'm, you know, like I'm 18, 19 and I really like working with data. I really like the idea of data science. And I think it's a career I want to be. Like, what is some advice that you would give me, like, like tools maybe I can start learning um, and just like how to like structure my next four years to make sure I get into like a really good data science role or I can even just enter yeah. the industry. Um, and like, if you're 18 and think about data, that's great. I think like we're seeing a lot of those people too, but I would say like the basic things you could do is just like learn how to code. There's so many websites out there to just like teach the foundations of coding. And I think that's great. And like, I'm happy to see in like high schools and even junior highs, like coding becoming a thing where kids are learning at an earlier age. So I think that setup would be a great foundation to learn actual data science um, at 18. Again, you could either major in it. So I see like, 
it's crazy. There's actually bachelor's degrees in like data science now, and it's becoming like a very popular major in a lot of schools, which is just really cool to see in general, um, as well as like masters and like PhDs. Um, but like, if you don't want to go down the education route and like, maybe you want to do it, I you know I see a lot of like people that major in like, like yeah, like, I guess like econometrics or like, you know, they're taking courses like that. Um, they're, they're probably, they want to take like coding classes on the side and data class, like data science classes on the side. Um, and maybe at times if they don't have enough credits to actually take those courses. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of like online learnings that you could take, like my program at Brown, a lot of that work is online. Um, a lot of schools like MIT and like Harvard, they have like all their courses online as well. Um, Georgia Tech, like they have an amazing online like program that's like attracting so many folks right now. Um, so, and that's like super inexpensive actually. That's like probably one of the, the best bang for your bucks that you could get in terms of like breaking into business analytics and data science. So I'm just like very happy to see like how easy it is to get into the field. Um, but yeah, I just don't want to emphasize that like knowing probability and knowing machine learning will like get you to be a data scientist. Cause like a lot of people is like, oh, I know like pandas, I know NumPy. Um, I know like what a normal distribution is like, you know, that's great. Like, I think that's a, a good first step, but you need to know like the applications, like when to use like certain situations. Um, like if you're doing an A-B test, not to assume like everything is normal and really figure out like what's the underlying distribution. Um, so yeah, at an early stage, learn how to code, know your basics and stats. And then like over time, like it'll just pick up on more and more techniques. Awesome. Well, this was great. I, we really appreciate your time, Andrew. Um, I mean, time has literally flown past 40 minutes or however long we've been talking. Uh, there's a lot of good advice in here and, and I hope you listeners learned something. Uh, and uh, Andrew, if there's anything else you want to plug or just let our listeners know, feel free. But otherwise, hope everybody likes and subscribes and, and enjoy the content and get, and uh, give us some feedback if, if there's anything that you want to hear in future episodes, but I'll turn it over to you, Andrew, for uh, last thoughts. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you for like inviting me. Um, I'm very passionate about data science. I want more and more folks to actually come into the field. And, you know, we touched upon this a bit throughout the actual conversation, but data science, again, is not about like the techniques. It's not about like the fancy models. It's all about storytelling. So like, if you want to be a good storyteller, if you want to show like this data is driving this impact in a nice, clear and concise way, I think like data science would be like a great field to break into. And there's so many resources out there. You could take the education path. You don't need an education. You could really learn things on yourself. So it's very open to anyone that actually wants to go into the field. And like, that's one of the best things because you have people from like all walks of life, people that have a PhD, people that never went to high school, um, and just people that are just ambitious and curious about data um, all coming together to actually drive some impact. Awesome, that's great to hear. And it's gonna be such a challenge in the future as companies collect more and more data, Yeah. right? You know, we saw that at Accenture, you're probably seeing it right now, like data engineering is super tough with all the like the random data sets. Uh, and then just to our listeners really quickly, if anyone's interested in the Georgia Tech program, we actually know quite a few people doing it. So please reach out if you wanna to talk to them. Um, all right. Awesome. I think we're good. <laughs>